Happy Victory Monday. Haven't been able to say that in a month. I'm Alex Dono alongside former Miami Dolphin Troy Stratford here on the Extra Yard on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Troy, I know that the uh, especially the second half was not exactly exciting. It was a sloppy game of football. We did, though, have a couple of awesome defensive highlights near the end of that game. But, you know, you could have gone to sleep at halftime. You wouldn't have missed any scoring yet. After three straight weeks of taking L's and after three straight weeks of playing musical quarterbacks, it's great to have Tua back and it's great to be here on a Victory Monday. How are you? I am well. It was a busy weekend for the Miami Dolphins organization and everything, all the festivities that were going on with the 72 team, all the alumni players in town. And we're watching that game and the first half, the game could not have started better. I was sitting next to a buddy and we got the ball, opened the game. And I said, I love it. I said, because so many times I've said the easiest drive to score in a football game. And I will repeat it again is the very first drive of the game. So as soon as the Miami Dolphins got it, I said, Oh, I don't think they're going to miss a beat. That's just what my experience has been. When it comes to football, take the ball first. Somehow, some way, we got into this, oh, I'm going to kick off and I'm going to take the second half kick. Ah, Jump on a team, send a message to that team. And the Miami Dolphins went out there, was electrifying in the stadium. Tua came out of the, the locker room and they just went crazy. Tua got into the game and he was on point. Like he didn't miss a beat and they went right down the field and they punched it in. And I said, that's nice. Now, step further, the next two drives, they had to settle for field goals. And I said, I'm worried about that. I said, because the Miami Dolphins technically should be up 21 to nothing. On Pittsburgh, they should. Yeah, and then Pittsburgh started picking up first downs. It, It took them like a quarter before they could pick up a first down. Exactly. They had no running game. They had no completions. I turned the gentleman to my right and I go, did they get a first down yet? I'm like, do they have, and I think we were late in the first quarter or whatever. And I go, have they even accumulated 10 yards yet? Like the defense was on point early in the game. And then, I mean, the story of the second half was defense. No scores by scores by any team. And luckily for the, I'm not going to say luckily, but fortunately for the Miami Dolphins, they were playing against a rookie quarterback who still has a lot of growing to do. And he threw two interceptions. The Miami Dolphins created those interceptions and the rest is history when it comes to that game. But yes, a lot to talk about. I guess, Troy, a big difference between these two teams and, you know, bad teams find ways to lose. And the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a bad team. The Dolphins' defensive backs could catch. Steelers couldn't, right? And, you know, if the Pittsburgh Steelers could actually hold on to some footballs, they could have had four interceptions in that game, right? And listen, I'm not here to trash Tua today, but we'll circle back to that. And overall, (laughs) I liked what I saw. 
that opening drive, it was a symphony. Like Teddy Bridgewater, Skylar Thompson couldn't have orchestrated that opening drive the way that Tua nah. did. It was just beautiful yeah. the way that he was in sync, and everybody got in on it on that opening drive. You got some, got a steady dose of Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle. They both had 20-yard catches on the opening drive. Raheem Mostert looks so good out there. Like if you kind of squint, you feel like you're watching the the 49ers offense from the last couple of years. Mostert having been a part of that, but uh, I feel like we. Yes, yeah, Gesicki. I don't. I don't, we may be watching him in a Dolphins uniform for the last time. He had some catches as well on that opening drive. But I want to talk more about defense first because I feel yeah. like we would be doing Noah Igbenogany an injustice if we do not essentially lead off with Igbo. I'm so happy for him. I'm so yes. happy he made that play. And I'm also so glad our guy VLKV is in the live chat because VLKV, I kid you not, I was laughing my ass off watching your Twitter last night because, you know, every time Noah was getting picked on in coverage, VLKV was merciless, like <laughs> MFing this guy. He's terrible. Get him off my team. And a lot of people were doing that. And then Noah makes one of the biggest plays of the season so far, getting that game ceiling interception. And, and I mean, first of all, um, just the interception itself, Troy, and I think people understand oh. this. Because we're, we're all we're all football fans, and you know some of us or some of you actually played the game. Uh, that's a really difficult catch to make, and you could tell he's a former college receiver because the way he was able to hold on to that football and toe tap. And by the way, that official in the corner did he have money on oh. the Steelers? Because he he waved it like he was like incomplete. Yeah, he waved up. He was two feet away from it. Yes, I thought that he was like incomplete. He stepped out of bounds or something like that. And I go, wait a minute, like, we gotta take a look at this. We gotta look at this again. And I'm sitting there, Ibnagani, and I'm sitting there saying, so happy for the young man because, you know, he has had a rough go of it down here since he came to the Miami Dolphins. I can't recall. Was he a number one or number two draft? Yeah, he was. was, That was the year we had three first round picks. He was like a 27th, maybe. He was a late first round pick. Right, and he just has not you know, come to life. Now, hopefully this will build his confidence and he will continue to make some plays, but no play bigger than that play right there, because I'm sitting there saying, Oh my goodness, this rookie is going to drive him down the field and beat us like this. I said, don't let that happen. Don't let it happen. I love when Holland got his interception. That was key. I thought we were going to seal the game after that. I really did. But it didn't happen, and then he comes up with that big interception. Great job keeping his feet inbounds. Uh, he had a great night last night, I'm sure. I am certain of that. I got to tell you, at no point, and obviously I was frustrated with how the Dolphins' offense couldn't move the ball anymore, but at no point on those final two Steelers drives did I really believe Kenny Pickett was going to bring him back. I just, I don't really, I didn't have faith in him. And I watched this guy, you know, I'm an ACC coastal junkie. I thought Pickett was overrated coming out of Pitt. Like, I didn't think he should have been a first round pick. I mean, really, you know what? And if it was a better quarterback class last year, he wouldn't have been a first round pick. It was just, there was nobody. Like, I, I just, maybe he'll be a good quarterback in the NFL at some point, but at no point did I think rookie Kenny Pickett who I watched at Pittsburgh 
would actually lead them back and score. I, I was, you know, he moved the ball pretty well between the 20s, but then he throws those red zone interceptions. Uh, but at no point did I really think he was going to win the game for them. However, I was getting very frustrated when the offense, you know, because like you said, they should have sealed it after the Javon Holland interception, but they couldn't get a first down. And so, you know, I was starting to sweat a little bit, but I did not believe Kenny Pickett would bring them back to win it. You know, it was the flow of the game more than the personnel on the field that I was worried about. I'm sitting there saying, in that first half, the Miami Dolphins had that nice flow. Touchdown, then they had to settle for two field goals. I didn't like that. Then Pittsburgh, they started picking up on the offensive end of the ball. Now, the Miami Dolphins, the defense that they were playing and the game plan that Pittsburgh had, they really they were going to take this shot down the field every now and then, but they were going to get the ball out of his hands, Pinkett's hands, in a short, relative, short, relatively short distance. And the Miami Dolphins kept everything in front of them. So they weren't giving up humongous plays. They did a good job versus the running game. But I just felt this vibe of sitting there saying, uh-oh, this feels eerie. Like, you know, Miami Dolphins, this is one of those games where, you know, in the first half you kick a team's butt, but you settle for field goals, and then they get a late touchdown or two before the half, and they go in at halftime <laughs> – Hadn't been beaten up the entire half, but they have the lead. And I was still thinking and feeling, I said, don't let this happen here tonight, you know, where the Miami Dolphins literally were the more physical team on the football field yesterday. They were the better team on the football yesterday. And I'm sitting there saying, you're going to let these guys walk out of here stealing the victory. I was very nervous at that point in the game. You know, there there is no bigger Noah Igbenogany fan today than Mike McDaniel because had the Dolphins lost that game by a point, uh, make, who's, he's already being shredded for that fourth down decision, but thankfully the Dolphins still won the game. If the Dolphins had lost that game, Mike McDaniel would, being, would be being torched both locally and nationally. Uh, I know it's easy to second guess these things when they don't work, but I didn't like that from the get-go. So it's third quarter. You know, Dolphins are deep in Steelers territory with, you know, fourth and three, an opportunity to go up two scores if they kick a field goal. It was well within Jason Sanders' range. They would have gone up 19 to 10, two-score lead against the Steelers offense. It wasn't exactly lighting it up to that point. Uh, but McD elected to be no huddle, aggressive, kept the offense on the field, I question the decision, and I know, and the analytics guys were telling him, he admitted this, they were like, no, nah, you should kick the field goal here. He waved them off. He felt like in the rhythm and flow of the game, he thought they could and should pick up the first down. But I question the decision, and I certainly question the play. I mean, delayed handoff to Chase Edmonds, It not only did he not gain three yards, I think he lost a yard or two on that play. So it, it turned out to be an utter disaster. But what I do respect about it, Troy, is – I love how transparent Mike McDaniel is because okay. he was asked about that decision post game and he admitted like, you know, and you got to make that decision very quickly, obviously. But, you know, the analytics guys uh, thought, you know, you, you kick the field goal here. You don't go for it. Um, you know, that's always his call at the end of the day. Sometimes he does what they say. Sometimes he doesn't. But the percentages said kick the field goal. He just thought, you know what, I think we can pick this up. And he admitted it falls on me. When it doesn't go right, it's always a bad decision. I made that bad decision. 
And I mean, Troy, like if we were talking about like a retread head coach who's been, you know, head coaching teams 10, 15 years who makes decisions like that, I could say, well, here we go again. This is a first year head coach who overall, I love the way he's approached this Miami Dolphins team. I love most of the decisions he's made to this point. I trust he's going to learn from it. I absolutely think Mike McDaniel is smart enough to learn and adapt from any mistake that he makes. And this is going to make him a better head coach moving forward. It's his first year, remember. So I love how transparent he was about it, even though I thought everything about that play was wrong. The decision was wrong. The play call was wrong. I don't like the play call. The decision to go forward on fourth down, I like the fact that the Miami Dolphins went no huddle try and catch Pittsburgh sleeping a little bit. I wish they had been a little more aggressive in that situation with the play call, get your running back moving forward, as opposed to delay at that point, the defensive guys, they have a little bit of momentum on their side. So I question again, that part right there, the play call. Have we not been given coach credit patting him on his back throughout the year when he has been in situations where are we going to kick it? Are we going to go for it? And he has gone for it and he has been successful doing that. And we loved it at the time. Oh, I like that aggressiveness and all of that. I like how he went for it. Now situation, it's going to cost him one time. This will not be the last time he will make that decision where he's like, we're going to go for it here, and they're not going to make it. But now that we're getting a sense of his coaching style, his aggressiveness, we're going to have to live and die with that. And, yeah, yeah we can be critical of him when it doesn't work, but you can't play both sides. You can't be the cheerleader, rah, 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 when it works, and then be Mr. Critical when it doesn't work. I'm just, you know, being another voice in this whole thing because – I think it's easy to sit there because I would have kicked it. <laughs> Two scores, rookie quarterback, their offense hasn't, hasn't really shown any spark. Your offense hadn't shown any spark. I think I would have taken the points. And then the other point I have to throw into that, and I know it was relatively a short field goal, Jason Sanders, his up and down season a little bit, mm-hmm. does that factor into it a little bit as well? I, I know I noticed that that's a league wide thing that every it seemed and college and pro everyone's going for more fourth downs than ever yes. before like it I really yes. and and so maybe it's like I don't want to put the game in the hands of you know because kickers are nerds like they're not real football players like I, I don't want to put the game in the hands of a kicker like I want my football players to decide games not our kickers like I feel like that's become the attitude now in football. That has definitely changed, I'm going to say, within the last five, ten years where you have coaches, especially on the younger levels, high school levels, where there are some coaches that don't even believe in kicking at all a field goal. They're like, I'm going to take four downs to get ten yards, and we should be able to get ten yards and four downs. We should be able to when you think about it. But – I'm not going to be too critical of him because it worked out. And I'm not going to be that guy that's going to like overreact to every single situation in a game, that decision, because I've been praising him for 
being a little aggressive early in the season. Oh, so you wanted to be aggressive when it works, Troy. You're all right with it, but okay, now it doesn't work, and now you want to be critical of them. You can't have it both ways. Yeah, and people are also pointing out very fairly that Chase Evans didn't get it right on that play. And it's like not not every not everything that goes wrong on a football field, believe it or not, is on coaching, right? Sometimes the players execute it wrong. Uh, I talk about this a lot because I also make Miami Hurricanes content. And, God, it's been a circus for the last few weeks talking about Canes football. Uh, but, like, Alfredo Arteaga from three yards per carry points out on that third and four – on that fourth and three play call, uh, Teron Armstead kicked his man out. Liam and Connor sealed the interior. And if Edmonds cuts outside, it's an easy first down. Edmonds missed the hole. Uh, so we could also have a Chase Edmonds discussion. He's just not been good. I mean, Raheem Mostert is so clearly over the last three weeks He's running back well. one, and it's not even close to the point where, like, Troy, when I see Chase Edmonds on the field, uh, I get anxiety because I'm like, I know this guy's going to drop a pass if you throw it to him, and I know he's probably not going to hit a hole properly where I trust Raheem Mostert to do everything that I cannot trust Chase Edmonds to do right now. Mostert has been impressive lately. You could tell like he's on a level where it's just raining confidence. And on the other hand, Edmonds is sitting there. I don't know. Is this three games in a row now that he has dropped a, a pass that he definitely should have caught and gotten more yards out of. So he may have a little bit of head trash going up there because, you know, his reputation is that, He's an excellent wide receiver. Well, receiver, not wide receiver, but receiver out of the backfield. And now all of a sudden he's struggling with that. It's just amazing. Like Players on such a high level, you just get that head trash and you end up battling yourself. It's not the elements around you. It's yourself. You find yourself talking to yourself. And then all of a sudden your number is called and you're already kind of negatively thinking about it before the play even starts. So, you're like behind the eight ball. You're like losing. So he has to get some. They got to get him into the flow a little bit earlier in the game. A little dump off here or there. Stop using him downfield. Put Mozart in there who is, I mean, right now he is just flowing running the football. You can see that he he feels everything where it's supposed to be. There was one play that he had. He was running a sweep, and that thing opened up nice. And the linebacker from Pittsburgh Fortunately, unfortunately, got his arm around him and it knocked him off balance and he went down. He was about to get out and we were going to see his speed all the way down the sideline. Like we were jumping for joy. It was like, oh, man, he just missed it. So, and and yeah, I, I have, uh, I, I was starting uh, Mostert in fantasy. So I, I was, I remember that play and I was like yelling at my TV, that's a touchdown. And, and it was interesting the way that it worked out because I was in a close fantasy game, Troy. Uh -huh. And the only player I had left was Mostert. And the only player my opponent had left was Tua. And so the fact that Tua's only touchdown oh. was thrown to Raheem Mostert, Mostert ended up getting more fantasy points than Tua. I win. Interesting. Nice win. Nice win. Yeah, I it worked out well. And, and the Dolphins still got the dub. And so it worked yep. out for everybody, except for the guy that I beat in fantasy. It didn't work out so well for him. Yeah. I was 0 for 2 in fantasy this weekend. <sighs> Oh, man. But you did well on prize picks, right? Oh, I did very well on prize picks. <laughs> very well. Let me, uh, I'm in like a different, I want to create a new prize picks banner here. Prize picks code, which is 
five f i v e let me let you guys see this so you know how to sign up first of all if you haven't if you haven't signed up yet at prizepicks.com or the prizepicks mobile app i don't know why you're torturing yourself when you could be having so much more fun on nfl sundays and college football saturdays and nba weeknights and major league baseball playoffs because prizepicks has a contest for all of this stuff guys it just it enhances the sports experience so Prize picks, it's daily fantasy on steroids. It combines my love for daily fantasy with my love for parlays. Uh, and I love the fact that in today's ADD society, it's so quick to make your selections. You can make your selections in under 60 seconds. So the way this works is after you sign up at prizepicks.com or on the prize picks mobile app, you're going to see the pick them contests on there. You simply select essentially parlays of multiple players select two players three four five and just predict if they're going to go over or under their stat projections and if you get all your predictions correct whether you're two you're a little conservative or you have five predictions correct where you win a lot more money if you have five and you win real cash if if, the, if your selections hit you win real cash and so when you sign up at prizepicks.com or the prize picks mobile app it just it takes a couple minutes or less to create your account, and they're going to ask you if you have a promo code. Yes, you have a promo code. You see it right below me, F-I-V-E. When you type in F-I-V-E-5, they're going to double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So don't be stupid and sign up without the code 5 because you're missing out on free money. So you deposit 100 bucks, they're going to give you 100 free dollars on top of that in your account. Uh, so... I guess the good news for this week, Troy, on us on Monday Night Football is we finally have a game that doesn't involve the Broncos on Monday night. I guess they finally <laughs> figured out that it's torture to put that team on national TV because I feel like every time we do our Monday night selections, it's like, is Russell Wilson going to go over or under like yeah. four yards? And it's usually yeah. always uh, always under. Uh, but no, we've got uh, this is not necessarily a great game either. You've got Chicago. And New England tonight, uh, Mac Jones back. So what do you think about the New England quarterback? Over or under 215 and a half passing yards? Uh, I, I think uh, my guy Bailey Zappi should still be playing. How about that? Before I give my expertise pick here, by the way, to the two guys in the chat who are talking about it might be time to go to Gatskin. When, especially when it comes to catching the ball out of backfield, I 100% agree with you. You can sit down, chase Edmonds, and you go with Gaston. Man, we've fallen Once on hard times when we're, we're actually wanting to get Miles Gaskin back. And I don't disagree. I agree with you guys. But we've fallen on hard times where you're, the, you're running back one who you, you paid a good amount of money to. We want to bench this guy for Gaskin. No, Gaskin is like deadly in that pass. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters, because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but 
If you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. You don't recall him going down the sideline, that little wheel route. Come... No, I, re- I like Gaston's in the running game. I don't particularly care for him carrying the ball 15 times in the game just because, you know, and I hate to say this because I'm a little guy. He's a little guy, <laughs> right? And the other guys are a little bit better. Shifty. You're shifty. True. He's shifty, right. But I would use him more in the passing game. But when it comes to the, the whole over-under this week, oh, by the way, I went five for five on one o'clock games on Monday. I mean, su- Sunday. Yesterday. I've never gone five for five before. I've never gone five for five. Wow. <laughs> I had Tom Brady. Uh, who else did I have? I had Chase Edmonds going over. He smashed it. I had a uh, quarterback from Jacksonville. Oh, wow. Lawrence um, going over. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. He smashed it. And it came down to the end of the Baltimore game. And I had uh, Lamar Jackson rushing, right? Over 57 and a half. And I'm watching the game. And he's at like 55. So he's under. And I thought the game was over. Like the, the, the defense came up with the big stop. They took over the ball. And the announcer said, well, that's going to be ball game. They don't have to run any more plays. They're just, oh, they could man. go into victory formation. So I turned the channel because I said, <laughs> man, my last one loss. Okay. So I'm sitting there. I go back about an hour later and the double check, sure enough, Lamar Jackson finished with 59 yards, and I went five for five. That's the first. That's why I'm a little bit excited about that. That's I'm, trying to, I'm trying to see what the last play of that game was. Uh, hold on. I don't know how he ended up running the ball. Or yeah, because I'm not going to lie and say I saw the end of that game. I have no idea yeah. how that played out. I didn't see it. I turned the uh, channel. Now, I don't know if they recalculated, and it had nothing to do with him running another play. Yeah, maybe Maybe. you just like they didn't have the right stat up there. Right. Maybe. That's a great way to win, though. I mean, (laughs) imagine if you had the under. Imagine if how many of us has played fantasy and we lost by a point or two points. Yeah. Because a quarterback took the knee or someone lost yardage. Oh, I've lost that way. Yes. So, so like what, do you, what, what do you what do you think for tonight? Mac Jones over or under two fifteen and a half, and we could also do to... Justin Fields for Chicago over under one sixty and a half passing yards. I'm gonna go over with Jones. Yeah, and I go under with the Chicago Fields quarterback. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a natural feeling, right? Yeah. So maybe someone needs to do the opposite. <laughs> like if we're all feeling like that, we all know these you know sites and gambling machine they know something that we don't know it's a setup be careful donald be careful the the only team and by the way the dolphins yesterday they were seven point favorites and they won by six so that just goes to show you how close they always are (sighs) like the the only i swear the only team that vegas is really bad at handicapping or maybe they're just making money on this hand over fist are my miami hurricanes because the hurricanes this year troy 0 for 6 against the spread. 0 for 6. So if people Donald, have been 
if people have been betting on the Hurricanes to cover every single game, like if you're that type of fan, I'm the type of fan where I don't bet on games that involve my teams. Like I'll, I'll do selections for prize picks for players. That to me is different, but I feel like if I bet like a spread on a Dolphins game, I'm just going to jinx them because I'm the mush. So I I stay away from it. I, I, I don't bet on the Canes either. I stay away from those games. But for like the type of fans who are like, I'm just going to bet my team to cover the spread every week. You're you're in the poorhouse if you've been betting on the Canes. The Canes are 0 for 6 against the spread. They're always favorites, and they either don't win or they don't cover. So it's been a nightmare. Something's going on down there with your Hurricanes there, Donald. I, I don't want to be critical of them, but I'm going to be critical of them. They are not playing good football. Oh, yeah, and terrible. They're, they're not playing the football, football, period. Game. I don't know what they're doing. They're not. Can you name the, the losses, the teams that they lost to this year, please? Yeah, Duke. They just lost Duke. to Duke. Okay, North Duke Carolina. is getting a little bit better. Right. I mean, it's still, North it's Carolina still, it's still has Duke gotten football. a little bit better. Yeah, no, North yeah. Carolina is actually pretty good. Uh, but, yes. but, you know, you, you should never lose to Duke at home. They've lost to Duke, North Carolina, Middle Tennessee, which is the really embarrassing Who? one. Middle Tennessee State. One more time. Who? Middle Tennessee State. The Blue Raiders. <laughs> and they lost to Texas A&M on the road. Tough place to All play, right. but Texas A&M's bad. But yeah. Texas A&M's really bad, though. So it's like, yeah, none, none of those something, losses are good. North Carolina right. is the best loss on the list. Something is not right down there, and I don't know what it is. I Mario is talking about effort and, you know, this, this, this will to win and – Playing hard, and I'm like, how come your players aren't playing hard? How come you're seeing too much of that? How come the execution is not there? You're better than Middle Tennessee State. Like, you don't need your entire four years of recruiting a new class of five-star recruits to beat Middle Tennessee State. You don't. You should be smacking them around, and you should be getting your young freshman opportunities live snaps in a football game for them yeah. to be losing to middle Tennessee state. That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. All right. I'm off my horse now. <laughs> you know, what's not ridiculous. Oh, and by the way, guys sign up at prizepicks.com with our code five, and they're going to double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. That's F I V E. You know, what's not ridiculous. The return of Tua Tungo Vailoa. But now I, Troy, I want to get your take because you know, you, you've played yeah. in NFL offenses before how early in the game um, and then early third quarter as well before the fourth down failure, um, at times that offense had so much rhythm. And it was just looking like, based on the way that first drive went, I thought the Dolphins might score 40 today. Like this is going to be an unbelievable offensive performance. Tua looks perfect. Everything looks great. How could they fall out of rhythm so much throughout the game? Was it Steelers adjustments? Was it Tua Russ? Like what, what did you see there? My feeling going into the game was, okay, Tua, if he's off, he's going to be a little bit in front of his wide receivers. And I saw that a number of times. There were times, those wide receivers, Hill, Waddle, tight end, when they were running that seam route or crossing route across the field, they had a step on a defender. The ball, you saw receivers reaching, reaching. And that was from being, you know, a little excited in the game, maybe from Tua. So I anticipated that. I didn't know it was going to last as much as it did. 
and fortunate, you know, Steelers DBs do not have great hands like Igbenogany. <laughs> they, they need right? more former receivers apparently in their secondary because no Noah Igbo, former wide, only a former wide receiver could make the catch that he made. Absolutely. So I kind of anticipated him being off throwing the football a little bit, but there is no question about it. We saw a little bit of Ted Bridgewater, right? We saw the young guy, right? Yeah. That offense does not flow. And I'm talking about from getting in the huddle to getting to the line of scrimmage to guys in motion to the snap of the ball to everyone moving. That offense runs totally different when two is out there underneath the center. I mean, for a and few drives, it, it does anyway. It it was a joy to me. Again, yeah. the electricity in that stadium was absolutely insane, and it should have been like that. Very impressed with the Steelers' fan base. Oh, my goodness. At one point early on, I'm sitting there saying, is this a home game or what? They were very loud, waving their towels. So it's nice to talk. Hey, can a I, can I ask you, talk. like, like yes. who who are these people? Like, I because I can respect it. Like, if if these are all people that flew down from Pittsburgh, I can respect it. But if you're if you're like a lifelong South Floridian and you just decided to be a Steelers fan, why did you give up on the no. hometown team? No, they're they're travelers. Or, I hope so. I hope they're all or, travelers because I because I, I know that like when the stinking Jets are in town, they travel their fans. But you also get the locals who are like, oh, New York this, New York that. Well, you chose to live here. Like, you chose to live down here. <laughs> so, honestly, when you bailed on that terrible state up there and you came down here to live in heaven on earth, then you should declare for all the teams. You have turned your back on your hometown. You are now a South Floridian. So, I just, I don't know. I, I don't I don't respect the, uh, the fair weathers. Well, you know, we have a lot of snowbirds down here. We have a lot of people who actually relocate down here and they remain loyal to the New York Jets, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I believe most of them travel. I was talking about this, having this conversation in the box where one of the guys goes, you know, they make an entire weekend out of this. I said, tomorrow they're probably going to Jamaica or to the Bahamas. You know, they see Miami on their schedule. They immediately call up their friends. They get the group together. Okay, this is where we're going, guys. We're going to go to Miami on Saturday. We're going to take in the game on Sunday. We're going to go to the Bahamas on Monday. And then we're going to come back to sorry-ass Pittsburgh on Monday. You know what I'm saying? On Tuesday. <laughs> That's how it works. Oh, man. No, I love that. And so, okay, let, let's talk about uh, Tua's overall performance. I mean, obviously, you look at uh, you look at the stat line, one touchdown, no interceptions. Got a little bit lucky though, right? I mean, you know, my, my, zero sacks. That's which is so important given what he's gone through, right? Zero oh. sacks is huge, but Troy, he could have thrown four interceptions in that game. Yeah. Like we're, we're we're lucky he didn't throw a single int. We're lucky that McDaniel's fourth down didn't come back to bite him in the ass. Sometimes could've, it's better to be lucky than good. <laughs> could have. Woulda, shoulda. I used to say that one in my younger days, back in my twenties. Yeah. I was like, "Don't give me that coulda, woulda, shoulda shit." <laughs> like, don't give me that. All right. If he so, throws yeah, four he picks, we're thrown... having a very different conversation. Oh, absolutely. We're sitting here saying, "I told you they should have sat him down for another two weeks or so," but yeah. no, that wasn't the case. So, luckily for the Miami Dolphins, those guys didn't reel those int opportunities in. 
and they got the job done. Uh, so what did you think, by the way, about the way Tua put his body on the line? And it's one of those things, we're probably not talking about this if he hadn't just been carted off a field three weeks ago, right? But I think he only slid, I think, once in the game. Uh, and he, he may even regret sliding that time because he came up a yard short of the first down on the slide because the other times he was lower in the shoulder and he was going into contact. And, you know, he told Mike McDaniel – during the game, uh, McD revealed this afterwards that Tua was like, after the first was like, I needed that, right? Because I guess, you know, coming right. back from that kind of an injury, you want to know, get hit, how am I going to respond to it? Uh, you a little bit concerned, though, about his, his willingness to kind of put that head on the line. Do you recall last week I said after my knee injury, I said, I couldn't wait to get hit. I needed to get hit to know that I could get up off the turf go back to the huddle, and play football again. I'm sure, and I was questioning that. I don't know if that's the case when it comes to concussions, but I'm sure Tua, as a football player, he's sitting there saying, I need a little bit of contact. Imagine if he had gone through this entire week and no one touched him. Right. He'd still be carrying that into next week. I'm sure he's going to carry it to some degree, but not – to the degree it would have been if he hadn't been in any type of football contact this past game yesterday. So I'm, I thought there was a collective hush for like two seconds in the stadium. The first time he took off the run, I thought the entire stadium got like quiet. Like, uh, uh-uh, what's going to happen? <laughs> that That's how on point everyone is on what happened to her. And so to see him get up and everything, and not really take a hit to the head, it was good. But for Tua, moving forward, he doesn't really have to question that right now. I mean, anyone that gets hit in the head, they're going to question, you know, am I all right? So I'm happy that he was still aggressive in his play, did not take any major shots, in particular to the head, and I thought he looked a lot like Tua, just off on his throws, which he will tighten up going into next week's ball game. Uh, that's well said. I uh, want to send a huge thank you and shout out to Devin Jordan. Thank you so much for the $5 super chat. Says Dono and Troy, what's up with Brady? Dude had zero Ooh. touchdowns. Has father time caught up with him? Well, I was watching some of that game, Troy. Well, yeah, and I was watching some of that game. Like Mike Evans had an embarrassing drop on oh. what, what would have been a, a long right. touchdown. Like in, so, and he's on my fantasy team. Right. Well, I actually, Tom Brady, believe it or not, is which is bad. Like, I'm down bad when it comes to quarterback. Tom Brady's my starting quarterback on my fantasy team. I'm stacked everywhere else. Quarterback, not so much. All right. So I needed that touchdown. I needed that tutty. We didn't get it because Mike Evans screwed us over. But no, it's a combination, right? Like, the, the Buccaneers have gotten worse. Like, let's, let's not yes. act like Tampa Bay being bad is just about Brady. Like, the entire team has gotten worse. He really misses Gronk. You know, he misses that lunatic Antonio Brown, who's completely gone off the deep end. Uh, it's just it's just not the same as it was the last couple of years. Doesn't have as much talent around him. But I can also say he's getting older. And like Troy, you can talk about this a little bit. Like, th- is it possible that the personal stuff could be affecting him? I mean, the man's going through a divorce right yeah. now. That can't be an yeah. easy thing to go through when you're in the middle of a season. Tom Brady or not, Tom Brady would. Stacks of millions in the bank. It, it, it doesn't matter. Even when you're 
your relationship, any relationship that you've been going, that you've been going away from each other, your partnering at that point, and in particular, you're going through divorce. I know about that. When you're going through divorce, it, it affects you. It affects when you go to work, and especially if it affects you, even if you're not a football player, right? Right. It affects right. Tom Brady just because it's Tom Brady, you know, Mr. Golden Boy that looks great, got all this money, wonderful family, model superstar wife. Uh, it's not going right now. And I hear about it every day if I look on my phone, if he's one of those guys that has a, something that pops up with like news. You can't get away from it, and it definitely affects what they're doing. I think the biggest problem is the troubles on the offensive line. You saw the incident that he had last week chewing those guys out. I think it starts there, and and that speaks a lot because when we watch Tom Brady, and I'm not saying that he's not slowing down. Uh, I'm not. Maybe he is. I don't watch it in detail that closely to know the truth when it comes to that. But when we watch just – Tom Brady play over his career. Tom Brady got touched maybe once, got pressured maybe three times in the game. Tom Brady was going to beat you because of that wall that he had around him, and you weren't playing if you couldn't protect him. And I don't see that great protection. I think it starts there. And like you said, Antonio Brown, as crazy as he was, he that's one of the craziest dudes out there. I'm, I'm sorry. He, I have no I have no idea how much money he is throwing out the window. Oh my! And God. then he misses Gronk as well. Gronk was like his go-to money guy. You know, they could throw to each other in, with blindfolds on. They could get it done. So it's way more than just Tom Brady. But yeah, Tom, Father Time is definitely going to get him because it gets all of us. So let's look at um, you know the the Dolphins have uh, I believe a a winnable part of the schedule coming up Troy um nice to snap out of this three game losing skid of course improved to four and three you've got the Detroit Lions who up until a few weeks ago had uh, the best offense in the NFL now they can't score touchdowns I mean they, they got beaten by a good Cowboys team and they were actually up six to three at halftime yesterday so they were playing pretty good football but you know the, the Cowboys it was one-way traffic in the second half I, I believe the I, Dolphins can win in Detroit this week You've got Chicago after that, not a good team. Those are both on the road. Then you come home against Cleveland and Houston. So uh, I think we can go off on another run here in this next handful of games. Well, I didn't hear anything you said after Detroit. So I'm focused on Detroit. <laughs> That's it. We're going we're to play it. against another former coach for the Miami Dolphins, right? Yeah. Old school coach. Um, I watched a lot of that game yesterday by the Detroit Lions, and they were a damn good defensive football team. They just made mistakes that they should not have made. But like you said, bad teams find a way to lose, and they came up short in critical situations. But I was like, okay, Detroit does not look like the old Detroit Lions that were just like horrible. You know, they could throw the ball around. They move the ball quite well. So on paper, it may look easy, but you got to go out there and you got to execute everything. I love it. Well, listen, I want to thank everyone who tuned in today. Let me throw some shout outs. Dolphin, Don, AR, thank you so much. Devin, thank you. And thank you also, Devin, for the super chat. Uh, T. Christopher Carter says, transplants and travelers, 
I mean, I know that uh, in in Pittsburgh, um, like they they indoctrinate you. Like my sister lived there for a few years. <laughs> um, you know, she she's you know South Florida native, but she worked and lived in Pittsburgh for I don't know probably five or six years. And like within her like first month of living there, she was a Steelers fan. Like you get off the plane, they hand you a terrible towel. Like they indoctrinate you in that city. So it's a hard it's a hardcore fan. Like you move to Miami, and it's like. You know, after like a month straight of going to the beach every day and, and yeah, drinking, hey, way you want much, to go like, to a oh, Dolphin day. Yeah, it's like, yeah, wait, wait, there's a football team here too. Whereas in Pittsburgh, you get off the plane, it's Steelers, Steelers, Steelers. All right. The second you arrive, you got to give a vial of blood also and swear your oath to the Steelers. <laughs> yeah. And like, I remember when I would visit her, like, especially during football season, once, once I visited during football season, once I visited like off season time, whatever it was, but like, you, you drive like under any bridge, like in that, and there's a lot of bridges because there's rivers all over the place like every bridge you drive under there's a yellow Steelers banner like on all of the bridges and tunnels there so it's it's everywhere they remind you who their football team is all right absolutely uh GM thank you so much for tuning in and okay so oh so what, what does this prove then Troy the Steelers they're tied for third for interceptions with eight they have hands so does Tua throw such an uncatchable ball that even mm -hmm. defensive backs can't catch them it's an interesting question like, do they struggle to catch? Because when lefties, lefties have, put a different spin on the ball, right? Have they ever caught a pass ever from a lefty? I That's don't a know. Good question. It's a good question. It's a good question. Uh, let me see who else. Uh, VLKV, thank you so much. And thank you for providing so much entertainment with your Noah Igbenogany slander last night, right up until he <laughs> caught that interception. That was hilarious. Uh, Indade, Tua doesn't go to water parks. Too many slides, he says. Tua hates baseball. He doesn't slide. Tua doesn't even slide into DMs. Oh, it's too good. Uh, Dolphin Don. David, thank you so much for tuning in. Jermaine King, thank you so much for tuning in. Alfredo. And, of course, guys, make sure you are subscribing to the podcast feed, the audio feed, for three yards per carry. They're nice enough to post our audio on their feed, so you can get us as well. Yes. Audio feed, just subscribe to three yards per carry. And if you haven't subscribed yet to Three Yards, Alf, Chris, and Simon do an impeccable job. It's really the best Dolphins podcast out there. And I, I, I've been, you know, I'm not just saying that because we're affiliated. I, I've been listening to Three Yards per Carry for years. They do an awesome job. Manuel, thank you so much. And I think that might be it for the shout outs. I just want to say, David, he said we have to get to the quarterback faster. Miami Dolphins' pass rush was not very effective last night. In that Except Jalen Phillips, and my guy. Yeah, Jalen Phillips, you know, for McCain, doing well. Yeah, it's gonna be all right. Yeah, he's been doing yeah. well the last couple of weeks. Troy Stratford, thank you so much as always for the time, sir. We'll we'll okay, catch up next man. week. Absolutely, be good. All right. all right, everybody, thank you so much. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. We'll talk to you next time on another episode of the Extra Yard here on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Peace. See ya.